everyone, welcome back. I'm your co-host, Jackie Spinell. I'm Hannah Mirapotkin. Let's dive right in. Welcome back, everyone, to, is this episode 66? It is. Welcome back, everyone, to episode 66. Thank you for tuning in and for all the love and support on our big um, one-year, you know, 2022 year-in-review episode. Um, It's been really nice to get back into podcasting after winter break, and I actually really have enjoyed listening through our um, 2021 year-in-review episode a lot. I think um, I've heard it through now two or three times, and highly recommend checking it out. It was a really um, empowering episode to just look back on, like, where we've come from, and I'm excited to see where we're going to go this year. Yeah, same, and I think I've definitely listened to it. a couple of times as well, listened to it uh, with my family in the car um, and have talked about it with multiple different people since. Um, I really like that episode as well. And I also just want to say this episode, we have a great guest planned. This episode uh, is going to be about, we're going to have um, Elise Braverman on, who is Hannah's mom. And she's going to talk a little bit about um, her generation and how what she went through and what her generation went through those main events how those have shaped um their generation now and what they may have done um perhaps wrong or uh maybe um what kind of maybe some regrets that they have um that maybe they left for our generation or future generations to come um so I'm very excited about this episode. I do also want to say that next week, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna spoil what next week's episode is gonna be about, but I know that both Hannah and I are very excited about it. And it's gonna be a little bit more, uh, slightly more political. Not you don't have to share your views or anything a little bit, but if you're interested in being a guest, um, you don't have to know that much about politics or anything, um, please reach out because uh we'd love to have um guests on for that episode. A hundred percent. So Jackie, before we dive in, tell me, what is one thing you wish you could tell your past self as a little bit of an icebreaker? Gosh, I feel like there's a few. And um, what first comes to mind, uh, I think everything that I would say to my past self is incredibly cliche. And really anybody, pretty many people have probably told me these things, but I think it probably means more coming from yourself who has traveled back in time to tell you. Um, I would say just everything's gonna gonna turn out okay, um, at least as of now. Um, I'm only 16, so cross my fingers, I have a long way to go. Um, and I think, uh, honestly, I would say just listen to my parents. I mean, obviously for my own beliefs and stuff, you know, I'm, I'm free to make my own decisions. But in terms of um, stepping outside of my comfort zone and listening to p- my parents' suggestions, they really do have my best interest in heart as do teachers and um, a lot of other um, just sort of role models and figures in my life, in my lives. But, you know, my parents are, are the type of people to really be that rock for me. Um, and I think that many times have gone by where they have told me that I should do something or something would be um, really in the best interest of me. And I've, I've passed on those opportunities. And then uh, on the, on the other hand, um, that same thing has happened and I've done those and I've been really glad I have. So that's kind of my little words of wisdom. Um, But Hannah, I will turn it over to you. What, what would you tell your past self? 
I really love all that you just said there. Um, and I want to add on to yours as I think about something that I would tell my past self is that if you see something that like troubles you or that makes you question it, like really go for it and like speak your mind. Um, as much as I was, you know, reserved growing up and as much as I still am reserved now, I think it's important to find outlets where you are comfortable um, sharing your voice. And it sounds like, you know, something you would read on like a kombucha cap. Sorry, that's the best thing I can like analogy. You know, there's little like tags on the kombucha caps when you are um, unbottling a new bottle. Um, but, but yeah, I think it is important that when you see a problem to say something and also to sort of step out of your comfort zone, like Jackie was you know, sort of alluding to it's important to find something that you're passionate about. And if you have a passion, like find resources and find ways that you can you can build off it. Like the uh, the New York subway system, New York transit system always says, when you see, if you see something, say something. Um, while it is definitely creepy in, in the sense of the New York transit system, I think that that's, that's a great um motto for life and definitely uh, a good a good saying to kind of keep in the back burner of your mind so hannah with that uh do you would you like to uh briefly introduce our guest i would be honored to so this week we are bringing on my mom elise braverman plotkin um she grew up here in cleveland ohio um uh, went on to uh, become a liberal arts major at earlham college um, in Indiana or Earlham University where she studied philosophy. Um, she met my dad when she was studying at JTS, the Jewish Theological Seminary, getting her master's in Talmud. Um, then she, she did a lot of amazing things in Israel, in her community, she served on boards of women's funds and Jewish events and got involved heavily in the Jewish community. I'm very honored to invite her on today to speak her mind about all that she's learned sort of growing up in sort of this changing era, this technology era. Um, and I'm really excited to see what she has to say. So without further ado, um, welcome Elise Berman-Plotkin. Welcome Elise, it's great to have you. Can you please start by introducing yourself? Thanks Jackie, I'm really, really happy that you guys um, have me on your podcast. I've been, I've been uh, listening for, um, uh, several years now. My name is Elise Braverman Plotkin, and I am Hannah Meira's mother. And um, I'm very, very proud of all that um, you guys have accomplished. And I am an avid listener. In fact, I was listening to the past couple podcasts this afternoon when I was doing some busy work at work. Thank you so much. And it's great to have you on the podcast. I know we've been trying to get you on for a while now. And so I'm, I'm excited that we're finally able to do it. So uh, we already kind of talked about, um, right before you got on, we talked about what this episode is going to be about and how we wanted you to sort of talk about your generation and what you guys may think, what you might think that your generation has done well, um, has maybe done poorly. Can you please start by uh, just telling, telling us what generation you're in? And um, yeah, we'll start there. Sure. So I am in Generation X. So um, my poor generation doesn't really even have a name. 
Um, we are in between the baby boomers and the millennials. Um, and one of the characteristics of my generation is that um, we are a small generation. So there were a lot of baby boomers. That's the generation that came. Um, their parents were in World War II and they were, they were born after the war. Um, and there are a lot of them and there still are a lot of them. And then the millennials are the generation that comes after Generation X. So we're sort of sandwiched between two very large generations. In fact, I was doing like a tiny bit of research um, and it turns out, and I didn't know this till about 10 minutes ago, Generation X doesn't overtake um, the amount of millennials until 2028. So that's been a really long time for my generation. In thinking about life cycle events and specifically yeah. how political beliefs are often influenced by certain life events that are occurring during you know, a particular lifespan or point in someone's life, do you think that there is some experience that is central to sort of quintessential to Gen X that has shaped the way um, your, your generation perceives society? I think, yes. I think that's, first of all, that's an excellent question. Um, I think that there are a lot of things that have shaped my generation. Um, a couple things come to mind. So my generation is the one where technology uh, was really developed and took off. Um, the space shuttle is um, comes to mind. The Challenger disaster, I can remember exactly where I was, what I was doing, who I was doing it with. I was a... Uh, I don't know, a freshman in college, and I was in the dining hall, and we were watching the shuttle um, take off. That you all can do the math on how old I am if you want, but uh, you know, happy to confess there. Um, and um, we watched it blow up, and then I went to Greek class. I was taking ancient Greek at the time, um, so I think that. I think not just bad technology, but also good technology. Um, my generation was the first generation to have PCs, which seemed to be not a big deal. I mean, the phone that I'm the phone and the Zoom that I'm talking to you on is way more powerful and advanced than my very first computer um, that we owned, and that computer was humongous you know, would take up the whole table and it had these big things called floppy disks. So my generation um, really uh, took to technology, embraced technology and, um, and learned how to use technology a little bit later than you guys. You guys don't know a world without technology like that, but I do. Um, my generation is the generation of a term you've probably never heard of called latchkey kids. So a lot of um, our families, uh, both the mother and the father worked. Um, and so we would come home from school and let ourselves in latch key hence the term um remember this is long before cell phones or any sort of technology where you can know where your kids are we'd come home from school and do whatever we do hopefully our homework or whatever it was 
And then our parents would come home, you know, a couple hours later from work. So I grew up both my mother and my father, your grandparents, Hannah, um, worked and grandma would leave me, I don't know, chicken or ground beef or a piece of fish or something on the counter or in the refrigerator with a recipe. And I'd come home from school, from junior high and uh, make dinner for the family. And she'd come home with grandpa because she worked with him in his law office. Um, so that's, those are some of the things that um, my generation are sort of known for. Um, one of the things that when the pandemic um, started, there were all these, you know, different memes. And one of the things that they used to say was um, Generation X was built for um, uh, staying home, for uh, social distancing, for, um, for uh, being sort of alone, um, for being in our homes um, and and playing video games all day long, that type of thing. So, um, I mean, in a sense, you know, memes, I think sometimes what makes them a meme is that they have like a little bit of a kernel of truth. Unfortunately, um, you know, I wouldn't wish the pandemic on anybody to, to make that true, but there is some sort of um, idea that, that Generation Xers are, um, we spend a lot of time by ourselves after school on the phone or, you know, being by ourselves. And we were maybe, you know, able to handle this. I think that's, I think that's really interesting. And I like the way that you kind of put that, that every generation kind of has um, one, one event or maybe just sort of a circumstance that sort of influence the way that how they are personality wise and just sort of how how they act and in a way ultimately um, preparing them for maybe future events or maybe the opposite um, where they're kind of just setting them up um, for uh, having trouble with future events. I don't know if that makes sense, um, but I think definitely for for our generation, for me and Hannah, I definitely say COVID-19 so far has definitely been that main uh, influential, influential event um, that's happened. I think also other political events. I know certainly I definitely found my voice through the Trump presidency and all of those events that sort of happened that kind of sparked uh, how what I think, what my beliefs. And um, I like to think like, you know, no matter where I live, I or uh, who, like who my parents are, what they believed um, politically, I would still um, have found my core, my core values and come to those um, beliefs on my own um, without maybe that, that strong influence. Um, so I think that's really interesting. Hannah, I'm, I'm curious if you have any uh, opinions about this. I agree with you. I think that uh, the COVID-19 pandemic has definitely been a turning point in our generation's sort of like timeline. Um, I think up until sort of like through the pandemic, we hadn't necessarily seen some sort of defining, you know, generational life cycle event. But I would say that the pandemic not only brought the BLM movement, which I think is sort of central and core um, to our Gen Z identities, but we also saw the Capitol insurrections, the Capitol rioting and mobs. Um, and I think that sort of 
the onslaught of more political and social engagement from teens, from Gen Z, um, is definitely you know influenced by not only the pandemic but both of those two, you know, BLM and combating the insurrection. Um, I think that those are just ways that our pandemic, that our sorry, that our generation has been influenced by the time that we're you know growing up in. And it'll be interesting to see in you know 10 or 15 years, um, you know, how we can affect other future generations, you know, learning what we have now during the pandemic and seeing how it'll how it'll be applied. Um, so talking about this application of what we've been learning and what we've been experiencing throughout time. I mean, look, I, I'm not the spokesperson for my whole generation. Obviously, there's no way I could be, and I don't know if any one person could be. Um, and I'm definitely not the arbiter, but um, I think you guys are a lot more politically active than I was at your age. Um, and I think that could be because of Trump. It could be because of the pandemic. It could just be the world was waiting. The world was waiting for you guys, and we need you. Um, my high school uh, time was during Reagan, um, who I thought was right wing, and well, he was right wing and a Republican, and. Um, I come from a liberal democratic family and there was no way I was a Reagan supporter. Um, the first president I voted for was Clinton um, the first time around, the first time he ran. I mean, it was an amazing, um, uh, it was, it, you know, it was like a breath of fresh air when he was elected. Um, but uh, we look back now on Reagan and we think, wow, he was you know, a much more sane, I have what to say about that, which I know you probably don't care, but, or you're not being, this isn't what I'm here to talk about, but we look back on Reagan and we think, wow, much more sane Republican, a much more sane time in American politics. Um, and I really respect what both of you um, are doing politically and how how much more engaged you are than I was at your age. I think a lot of it also has to do with access to technology in the media um, and how I'm just getting notifications constantly on my phone telling me, you know, updates on the presidency or updates on COVID and the pandemic and numbers and all these things. And so it's less of an effort for me to have to go out and do my own research. And it seems like the research sort of comes to me, falls in my lap on social media, swiping through people's stories, um, you know, on TikTok. Ema, I know you're a, you're a big fan of TikTok now. I'm a lover of TikTok, Mike. You know what? What's amazing to me about TikTok was, and I sort of fell into it because I fell in love with Noodle. Um, so I totally fell in love with Noodle and I got obsessed with the bones, no bones thing. Um, and then I started watching TikTok. So there are so many Generation Xers making TikToks and I'm on Generation X TikTok or whatever you guys call it. Um, and I was like, wow, I had no idea that this was even out there. Um, yeah, we definitely have embraced uh, social media, Facebook, TikTok, 
uh, Instagram. I have no idea if Generation is on Snapchat. X is on Snapchat because it's just now I'm not on it. Um, and like you said, I mean, it's so interesting, Hannah, you just said you get so many notifications on your phone and and you're you're so aware through social media. So we didn't have that. We had the radio and television and we didn't even have cable for my whole childhood. Um, and then we had movies and that was it. So um, communication was very different. If I wanted to know what was going on in the world, I either had to listen to the radio to NPR or um, read Newsweek magazine weekly or read the newspaper. That was pretty much how, or watch the nightly news. Yeah, so we've kind of talked a lot about um, like, I'd say like progressions, I'd say like the, the progression of uh, technology and how that sort of helped shape the different uh, generations over time and just sort of uh, societal norms like both parents working and, and that kind of shaping um, maybe Gen Xers being able to uh, be home or, or knowing um, or just having a part of their culture to be home um, a lot on their own. Um, so speaking more about what what we've done that's kind of been in your control, I'd say. Um, what do you think your generation has done wrong, if you will, and maybe has left for our generation to fix? Um, I think one of the biggest things we did wrong was not push for um, sane gun control and to continue to let um, the NRA run um, gun policy in the United States in and not in a, well, we stand for hunting and, you know, like there's a, you know, you want to go out and be a hunter, fine. I've always said, you want to go and shoot a deer, be my guest, right? Um, it's not what I want to do, but if that's, you know, what you want to do, I'm all for that. But handguns, uh, uh, semi-automatic, automatic, there's absolutely no place for that in the United States. And I think one of the biggest um, things that upsets me is that we cannot get guns out of our society and out of our schools. And the first time my children came home from school and said, we had, um, I don't know, what do you guys call it? ABC, you have a- Alice lockdowns, alert, lockdowns. alert, yeah. Counteract, evacuate or counter- Right, so thank you. So the first times I got an email about it or a notice went home, we're gonna be doing this. And then you and, and Eliana came home from school and started talking about it. I was just horrified that this is a part of your day in a way that it never was for me. We had tornado drills where we had to sit in a hallway with no, with no, um, with no windows, um, it, you know, it, it just that I think is a huge um, thing that 
that the United States is is needs. And I don't know if it's a fit. I always keep saying like I I tease um, Hannah and everyone and I say, I think it's a failure of my generation and I'm leaving it all for you. Honestly, I don't think it's a, a failure of just my generation. I think it's a failure of all of our generations. Um, and also I think um, what's happening to the planet, obviously. Um, ecology, global climate change. I mean, I think that that's just waiting for leadership, whether it comes from, you know, Generation Xers, millennials, you guys. Um, I think we all have to work together, not just in the United States, but around the world. Um, I was reading an amazing story today about a city in Sweden that I couldn't even begin to pronounce, but now I'm dying to go visit it that is completely carbon neutral um, and offsets all their carbon and has so much um, uh, people don't even need their cars because they have so much um, uh, uh, what public transportation um, and they have plant they have so many trees that everything's offset and it's the second biggest city in Sweden um, <laughs> and I was amazed from reading this and I'm going, why can't this happen in all of our cities? Why can't we make, you know, like these efforts really need to be um, made. And I think that my generation needs to um, heed the call. Yeah, I agree. And when I'm talking to people that are from Gen X, it seems like people recognize this and recognize that they've sort of missed the mark. And I'm sure you guys have contributed a ton to society in terms of technology and advancements in a, a ton of fields. Um, but what do you think the solution to this problem is? Um, do you think that there's a way that Gen um, X could sort of redeem themselves? Or do you think that this problem is just gonna continue to fall into the hands of millennials and uh, Gen Zers, and what do you expect from those two generations? Oh, wow. See, so you really do think I'm queen of the world here. Um, <clears throat> I don't, you know, unfortunately, I don't have a good answer for you. I don't know that anybody has a good answer. Um, I would like to see more Gen Xers um, coming into uh, political power. Um, into office. I think that um, that we continue to elect uh, boomers to the highest, I mean, other than um, uh, Obama, you know, other than President Obama and I guess Clinton at, at the time, you know, we continually look at boomers for Senate seats, for um, I think the House is changing a little bit. I think the Senate has changed a little bit, but not a lot. As you, you'll find politicians that are in their, you know, 20, 30, 40 years, like, hello, retire. You know, it's, it's time to retire. It's time to move on. Um, I would like to see, um, I, I would like to see, I think it's going to take all of us working together to bring about um, change. And I'm glad to see things like, um, uh, you know, BLM or more social change coming and that, you know, we, my generation, me in particular and my generation can support that even if we're not the leaders of it. 
I don't know, we might be the leaders, we might not be. Um, there's something else that really um, was a big part of my generation, which to you guys is history, which was the um, threat of nuclear war and the Soviet Union, or as we like to say now, the former Soviet Union. So there was a big, um, that was, that was you know, a somewhat scary time for us um, that um, the Soviet Union and the United States were continually at odds. And um, that if they were to ever fight a war back in, you know, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, um, it maybe would have been a, a uh, global nuclear war. And the threat of that, I think, also um, had, a, had a lot to do politically um, of my generation, um, unfortunately. And I'm glad that, I mean, I'm not glad for, you know, what, what's going on necessarily, you know, politically now and uh, the former Soviet Union or, you know, what they're doing with Ukraine, things like that. But um, I'm glad that there has been a lot of uh, detente and talks and, uh, you know, limiting of nuclear weapons. I think that that is extremely important for the world and for the future of the world and for the future of our planet. I, I think that's really interesting. And um, we do have one last question, um, but before I ask it, I just wanna say uh, thank you for joining us this episode. Also, I've really enjoyed this, this conversation. Um, it's really made me think, um, and I hope it has for all of the listeners as well. So for our final question, um, what advice do you have for, or advice or suggestions or anything like that do you have for aspiring change makers? Well, first of all, I want to thank you, ladies, for um, having me. I really appreciate it, and I appreciate the time. Um, what advice do I have for aspiring change makers? I would say find an issue or um, something that you want to change, and not get overwhelmed by the complexity of it or the um, largeness of it that um, I'll, I'll speak personally, that that happens to me. Like I think, oh, um, you know, uh, what you call it, uh, climate change. What on earth can me, what can I do for climate change? I work, I help keep seniors independent. I come home, I make dinner, I knit, I go on TikTok, I go on Facebook, I watch a little TV. And then I do it all again tomorrow. You know what I mean? And then I make Shabbat dinner, walk the dog, whatever I do. So um, it, it sometimes can be very overwhelming for me to think of such a huge issue and there's nothing that I can do. And so I'll just keep doing what I wanna do in my you know, narrow space of the world, you know, narrow corner of the world. But I think that um, if you, to be a change maker, I think that you don't have to take on the whole issue. You don't have to take on all of the issues or all of the complexity or 
or it changes the whole um, planet. I think that you could take on one little bit of it or think about how I can, I don't know, contribute to recycling or, you know, reduce my plastic use or when we buy another car, get another hybrid or uh, an electric car or think about turning the lights off for, you know, whatever it might be. And yeah, it may not be a significant um, change, but that it all adds up together. So that would be my advice is that don't get bogged down by the the bigness of it, just keep plugging away at the at what you can do. Um, one of the things I know both of you did was, uh, didn't both of you make calls um, before the last election? And yeah. didn't you made calls? Okay, so, and, and that to me was amazing. It's like, you're talking to one person, one vote. And I think that that um, is like a good, a good example of how to of how to make change. That'd be my advice. That's beautiful. And thank you for sharing those words of wisdom with us. Um, if you would like to connect with uh, Elise, um, you can email her at ebravermanplotkin at gmail.com. Thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you again, Elise, for joining us. Um, I really, again, I really enjoyed this conversation, definitely learned a lot. And I'm interested if, I know everybody um, who listens to this podcast and everybody in the world has a different experience um, in life and with their own generation. So if you want to um, maybe share your own opinions or maybe we'll do more of these types of episodes. There's, there's so many different, there's so many different stories and so many, so many different generations that we'd love to hear from. Um, so definitely reach out to us on any of our platforms, which we'll, we'll list at the end of the episode. Coming back to uh, what I said um, at the beginning of the episode, next week, we also have a very exciting episode planned. Um, so again, if you would like to be talk a little bit about maybe some politics that are going on right now, um, we're not going to give too many details, but if you'd be interested at all, literally anybody, um, we'd love to uh, have you on the, on the episode for maybe five, five, 10 minutes, um, just sort of talking. And um, if you're interested, uh, again, please reach out to us and we will, we will list our, our socials below. That's it for this week's episode of Dive Right In with Jackie and Hannah. If you liked what you heard, you can find us on Instagram at Podcast, as well as our website, www.divedinpodcast.weebly.com. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen, and you can leave any additional feedback at divedinpodcast at gmail.com. And you just dove right in. <laughs>